0: All right, you're listening to episode nine of Nokia Chronicles with myself, Michael Furatacino, Justin Cohen, and Adrian, what's his face? Hughes, that's yeah, the one. That's yeah, that's it. That is
1: my name, apparently. Fantastic intro. Thank you, Michael. And thank you for coming on to the Nokia Chronicles podcast this week. Thanks, Thanks Michael. Well,
2: mate, I've been begging Adrian to get you on for
1: the last month, I reckon. At least it, it worked. worked. Uh, it worked, yeah,
2: it worked finally.
1: indeed. Finally. Now great to be here. Awesome mate. So yeah, you're another Aussie, another Aussie on the podcast really, apart from my co-hosts. You're
0: in Sydney there and uh, how are things with you? Yeah, pretty good. I mean, obviously a little bit better than uh, what's happening down there for Justin in Melbourne with the whole coronavirus pandemic. But yeah, things are going well. Cannot complain. No, we're used to it down here, but that's good to hear, mate. We, we are used to it. We've had too many bloody lockdowns, mate. I feel for
2: you. Ah, it's all good. I, I never stop working anyway, but it actually makes my work busier. So uh, it's all good for that's me.
1: That's it. <laughs> that's it. All right. Let's get into it. First question off the ranks, Michael. So Go for it. what attracted you to Nokia in the first place? Oh, great question. Um, I, I wrote
0: that, Adrian. I wrote that, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so maybe it's not a great question anymore. No. Um, let's let's cast some memory back to about 1997. No, I'm kidding. Um, I think for me, I just grew up with, with Nokia phones around in the family. So, the first fa- uh, phone that my parents had was a Nokia. So, I remember as a kid growing up, um, you know, I grew up obviously in a generation before iPads and and all that sort of stuff. So, it was pretty much a black and white Game Boy and then a pretty much colorless backlit Nokia phone playing Snake. So, for me, it was really just an entertainment piece um, and something that probably has a bit of nostalgia being quite young. Um, And then just as I sort of got older, you know, the likes of the Nokia I think it was a Nokia 6600 came out um, with pretty much a Series 60, so one of the first iterations of Symbian. And there are a lot of sort of games on that, things around the same time as like the N-Gage. So the likes of Hitman as a game um, were on that phone. And my uncle, who was quite into tech, actually really liked that phone in particular because it had an infrared sensor that pretty much some of the applications that they had actually allowed the phone to be a TV remote. So I remember as a kid growing up and he would pull pranks on some of the older family members that as soon as they sit down on the couch, he'd just start messing around with the TV. Um, and I just, I absolutely just loved it. So pretty much from that moment, I was like, okay, I want that phone because I want to do that sort of stuff. And then it just kind of snowballed from there that when I finally got my first phone, I was convinced it was going to be A Nokia device. Um, I think my, the first phone I actually owned was the Nokia. I can't remember if it was a Nokia 5800 Express Music or it could have been the X6. I don't remember which one came first. Um, but yeah, really, really cool phone. And basically from, from that moment on, it was pretty much Nokia after Nokia after Nokia until maybe two, three years ago when it, it it just changed for work and I had to move to an iPhone, unfortunately. And, yeah, Nokia always had a a place in my heart, really.
2: That's nice. That's a very good uh, answer. I like that. Adrian, what do you think, mate?
1: I reckon it's awesome. You know, it's just uh, we've all got fond memories of Nokia and um, just so of, you know, you see it through a family member or whatnot and then, you know, you're hooked, aren't you? So,
2: <laughs> yeah. And surprisingly, only two or three years ago you stopped using Nokia.
0: Yeah, it was – I'm trying to think of when it actually – it was. Yeah, it was about two, or three years ago. So, up until then – um, obviously I tried to use my, my N9 as long as I could and then moved to, to Windows phone with a couple of different versions of Lumia. Um, and then, yeah, just needed to to move to an iPhone just for a couple of work applications that we had. And unfortunately since then have, have stuck with it. But recently, well not that recently, but probably since I've had the iPhone I've bought Mum a couple of the Nokia Android devices, and I'm actually about to buy her another one soon. Just trying to work out which one to get. He's mm. mm. lost, lo- lost me now. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's nostalgia.
1: Just to refer him to Abdullah. Yeah, he knows Abdullah's always on about bloody HMD Nokia's. <laughs> if you've seen his YouTube channel, he's uh, he's right into him, Michael. So. Uh, if you need the lowdown, then he's, uh, he's he's done everything and he's done all the testing. <laughs> nice, very nice.
2: All right, we'll qu- crack on the question two, mate. Yep. All right. So, how did you get involved with my Nokia blog and later unleash the phones?
0: Oh, great questions! Absolutely phenomenal. i wrote write that one. You're going to um, you. so- <laughs> <laughs> you gotta take the credit was- for the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, may as well. Just, just you're on a roll. Um, It was, I think, 2011. So, I was in my final year of high school. Should have been studying for for the HSC. Um, So, for any international listeners, that's basically the final sort of exam that you take at the end of your high school period to pretty much guarantee you or or give you an entrance score for any sort of university degree afterwards. Um, And there was this phone that was teased. Not a lot was known about it. Um, and there was a bit of a treasure hunt. So there are a couple of hidden codes through some very interesting videos. And, um, I found out about it basically through my Nokia blog a post that, um, Jay Montano had written and started just really getting engaged with the, the whole crack the code kind of, um, scenario. And through that just, yeah, as I said, just engaging with the the site, writing a lot of comments, um, and it turned out that the device as part of that promotion was actually the Nokia N9. Um, so, worked with basically um, Jay himself, and I reached out and said, look, really love what you're doing. I think it's really great. Um, I know that this device isn't coming to the UK for whatever reason, which is where he was based, um, but I found out that it is coming to Australia. So... You know, if there's a chance that somehow you have a connection that can potentially get me this device, I would love to basically do some content for yourself, reviews, walkthroughs, et cetera. And Jay very kindly took me up on the offer, brought me on board, gave me an opportunity before the release of the N9 to kind of hone my skills, draft a couple of posts here and there around um, Nokia, put me in touch with the right people locally. And next thing I know... This device is rocking up at my door the exact week I'm supposed to be taking my exams. So, of course, I did not study. I just focused on this shiny new toy that landed um, in my living room and was absolutely obsessed. Um, and that's pretty much where where the whole journey really started for me with my Nokia blog. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty much what, what got me, I guess, really hooked. Um, I had seen things like the N900 and loved... The entire concept of a Linux-based operating system. Um, it was obviously really before Android, I guess, was as popular as it was. And there was still, you know, if you compare the two, there's there's definitely some differences and limitations, et cetera. Um, and as someone that was studying software, wanting to go into university and doing a software engineering degree, the just the device spoke to me, not just from obviously a, a UI and a UX perspective being very sleek and something completely different from what we had seen traditionally, you know, um, I think, uh, what was his name? Marco Atasari, when he first launched the whole Swipe UX piece, it just, yeah, it just really connected with me on a a different level, I guess. Um, So it was something that, oh, it's it's phenomenal. Um, So it was something for me that I just went, yeah, this is, like, this is the device. This is something that's actually game changing. Um, so, I pretty much just got obsessed with it from them. And then that basically snowballed into being with them for, for quite a number of years. And through that, I met the likes of Clint and Jeff from Unleash the Phones. And we just got chatting. Um, I did a couple of features on their, their it's Google, I think it was Google Hangouts or Google tv or something like that back in the day like live hangouts that streamed to youtube um basically providing commentary about the n9 and then he just said to me one day hey have you thought about potentially doing reviews for for some other devices and i thought why not doesn't really conflict with what i'm what i'm doing right now uh, i think one of the first devices i reviewed was the nexus i feel like it was a nexus 4 um and then a couple of HTCs, Samsungs, et cetera. And that that went on for a couple of years as well. So it was really through my Nokia blogs, so obviously Clinton was very popular in the Nokia scene as well. Um, and yeah, just came kind of came through that. Um, and I guess a, a special shout out, I don't know if he, he listens to this, but um, Simran, so he used to work for, for Nokia India and currently for Microsoft in APAC. Um, he actually also kind of put me in touch with Clinton being through that India space as well, um, and fortunately, I got to actually travel to India um, for a Nokia event for the the Nokia Asha release, um, and got to finally meet um, CJ in in person and uh, and Simran obviously as well, which was which was really really cool. That's a
2: good story, and I actually, it just goes to show like I've always liked like Jay. Like uh, we've been following each other on social media for years as well, and um, it's just how he is. He's such a nice guy. Uh, I know he's a doctor now, I think. Yeah, he is. Um, so uh, that, that's actually really nice. And you've actually mentioned a couple of names, that, like Jay, we, we'd like to get on the show at once at some stage, and also, also CJ and Simran. So uh, you mentioned a few names there. And uh, it almost led... On to uh, Adrian's next question, with half that answer. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it.
1: no, it's all good. Yeah, but like you were saying, you know, it's just fantastic. Uh, you know, phenomenal linkage and the way that you know all these, uh, you know, your writing and your passion for Nokia has just got into meeting these people and um, you know connecting all these uh, awesome bloggers and you know Nokia employees over the years. So you've been and this to is an, the whole been point. to. An, yeah,
2: this is the whole point of our podcast as well because <clears> we're re- reconnecting the old Nokia people. That's it,
1: for sure. And, um, yeah, you've been to a few Nokia events yourself. Um, yep. Like you said, the one in India for the Asha launch and obviously Nokia World, I think it was 2013, wasn't it? Abu Dhabi. Uh, yeah, something like that, yep. Something like that. And uh, just a few, I think I bumped into you at the local launch, what was it? The 930 maybe it was in Sydney yeah, it was or a, It was. it was a Lumia launch, but which device that escapes me? Yeah, it was one of those ones. But, yeah, yeah, just awesome. Awesome times, and uh, yeah, it just leads on to my next question. After meeting Stephen Elop in India, <laughs> <laughs> in India at the you could probably you could probably tell where this is heading. Um, in India at the uh, Nokia Asha launch and the events of Nokia's well, the old Nokia, um, their demise shortly afterwards. What's your opinion of Stephen Elop?
0: How did I know this question was going to come up? <laughs> you can blame Justin. He wrote it. It's his hard hitting question.
2: Half half, I wrote that anyway.
0: Um, <laughs> well, okay, so it was it was quite funny, right? So, obviously, being a, a massive N9 and N950 fan, um, I went to that event, kind of hoping to, for myself personally, anyway, do a bit of a comparison between you know this new Asha series that was supposed to be kind of a, a takedown of the whole swipe UX, um, and do a bit of a, a comparison. So didn't know that I was actually going to be sitting in a room, um, with Steven and ended up actually getting sat right next to him. Um, so casually I just pull out my N9 and 950 and put them on the table and he comes into the room, looks down and just has a bit of a cheeky giggle. Um, we, we kind of get talking a little bit after he does his sort of open Q and a session, whatever at the end. And, um, we just, we basically just started chatting about it a little bit and he asked me, you know, why do you like the phone? And I explained it to him. He was kind enough to, to, to actually take a photo with me at the end of it, which I can, um, I'll share it on Twitter when this podcast goes live. Um, and at that moment I was actually like, okay, this, this guy's not that bad. Um, I know, obviously, there's all the conversations around what he's done to the business, coming from Microsoft, is he a Trojan horse, etc.? I am still torn whether I would, you know, kind of go down that pathway. Do I think there could have been better decisions under the leadership, potentially? Um, do I think it was a completely wrong decision to partner with Microsoft and go down that pathway to try and establish windows phone as a genuine third ecosystem. Not really. Um, but do I think that it should have happened at the expense of other opportunities such as uh, you know, Mego being able to be developed further? Definitely not. I think there was the opportunity for, you know, quite a lot of innovation and to allow the consumers themselves to decide what platform was going to be that third ecosystem. Yes, it makes sense. You've got the likes of Google and Apple that a behemoth like Microsoft could cement itself as that third player. Um, so I don't think necessarily the decision to, to go down that pathway was a wrong one. I just question at the time was cutting off all viable alternatives to do so the best decision. And I know from a business lens being someone in in corporate strategies and things like that myself, do you deploy resources across a multitude of avenues when you can focus them and actually try and get a better result? You know, it's a it's a it's a tough question. So I think from from one side, I don't think he intentionally went into Nokia saying this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go and sell the business and and bring it down. Do I think he's leveraged his position within his connections to Microsoft? to probably try and, you know, assist in, in a vision that he probably was involved in prior to his time, you know, I think it's a it's an easy answer, yes. Uh, but, yeah, I don't think he's gone in necessarily with the, the sole intention of being a Trojan horse. And as I said, the potential of doing, you know, that option of trying to make the Windows Phone platform, you know, the third player in the market, uh, you know, a successful one, didn't necessarily need to come at the expense of terminating innovations in in a couple of the other platforms that they had, whether it was Mego or Meltemi through the low end or whatever it may have been. So yeah, it's a it's a tough one, and I guess it's one of those scenarios that if an alternate reality really exists out there, I would love to find out what happened in that reality.
2: Right, so I actually feel the same way or very similar regarding Stephen Elop. Like he, I think yeah, he he did he didn't come into Nokia as a Trojan horse, but and he did make some, you know, some awful decisions, but he was great at presentations. I, lo- I actually loved watching his presentations for uh, new phones. I did, did think he probably did have uh, the best intentions. I was actually going to ask you about Meltem. How, how close was that to uh, Asher?
0: <sighs> Depends, front end or back end. So the words that the, from what I've, what I've heard from a couple of people, the, the front end design to so the actual UI itself was similar. Um, obviously there was some tweaks so it was kind of somewhere between the Asher experience and the Mego, Mego swipe experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but from a, a back end it was it was very different.
1: All right Su fantastic answer and um, yeah like you said um, I don't know if you've read the book, but there is a book I think it's transforming Nokia by Risto whatever his last name is the uh, ex Nokia chairman yep and he's Salasma. P- Salasma, yes. That's the one. And he's basically gone into detail about all those, you know, and just spelt it out pretty much verbatim what happened in those meetings with uh, ELOP and other board members at the time, you know. And to me, it appears that, you know, it was some very hard decisions had to be made. But, uh, you know, ELOP probably wasn't the Trojan horse that everyone made him out to be. But again, you know, there probably were some questionable decisions, you know, for example, how Symbian kind of got taken
0: down overnight, you know. Yeah, and I, just, I I think just on just on those points as well. You know, you, you look at obviously the the Elop era and you go, well, Nokia basically crumbled overnight. You know, if you want to say that between the um, what's it called the Burning Platform memo that basically went out and shot me uh, shot Symbian and stuff like that down. But you have to think at the same time the complacency prior to that it got them into the position where you know. Nokia had great phones, as I was saying before, things like the 6600 um, or even the, the N97 and things like that, where the products were actually quite good. You have a look at the iPhone when it came out and everyone was talking about, wow, it's a touchscreen. It has an app store where you can actually download apps and games and programs. Nokia phones had that. They just didn't have the marketing hype. They didn't, I guess, push some of the boundaries. And when they did push boundaries, they pushed them too far that it was just kind of out of reach for, I guess the the mass market. So it's, it's almost like, yes, potentially ELOP didn't make the right decisions, but he's also inherited where Nokia kind of was going. And I think personally it was probably a little bit too late for them to have tried to pivot. I think the they didn't expect Apple and the iPhone to have been as successful as it was. And I think complacency, let them down prior to, to Stephen Elop ever joining the business. Whether that's, you know, right or wrong, I guess we'll, we'll never know. And it's purely from a, a consumer perspective at the time. But to have the footprint that they did in terms of, you know, the the billions of devices in use and to basically lose that over a period of a few years because, you know, they probably had a little bit of arrogance to them thinking, oh, we're that big. This is just a, a phase. We're not going to get touched. We're we're fine. So you know, dropping into the third position in, as I said, a, a number of years with with Samsung basically taking them out of even the the low to mid end market, and then Apple dominating the the smartphone race. It's something that was bigger than Stephen Elop for sure. So while obviously he was in charge during the whole Microsoft divestment, etc., I think there's a lot of runway prior to that entire period and all that, that era I should say that you know a lot of people try and overlook because they just don't want to accept that there were probably some decisions that were made prior that weren't the best for the longevity of the business
2: yeah that's right it was years in the making uh you did he came in too little too late
1: I think you're right that's it so on to you Justin mate you're up
2: all right, so before I get into the, my uh, question, mate, I just want to congratulate uh, you and your fiance on uh, your <laughs> engagement from last week.
0: So, congratulations. Thank you. thank you, thank you.
2: Should have said that at the start later. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: good. Uh, so,
1: how does it feel, mate? <laughs> You're going to go? No, no different from
0: last week. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right, so we'll no. get into my question. No, but it's good on you. Well done, mate. It, it is it's a uh, good, good time in your life, mate, and uh, you'll be having kids before you know it as well. Um,
0: I, uh, I'll take your advice there. Trust you. Yep, no worries. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I've got four,
2: so <laughs> anyway.
0: He's got all four. Right,
1: so, I've got one. Um, one's enough for me. I don't know how Justin does it, so <laughs> props I to him.
2: Oh, I, I, no, props to my wife. She, she does a great job. Um, all right, so you used to be a pioneer back in the early days of YouTube, Michael. And I love watching watching your videos. They're very informative. Now, these are fun questions. so don't take these the wrong way. It's like a two-parter. Have you ever thought about making some new videos? And uh, if you did, have you ever thought about maybe using a tripod? But I I do love that handheld style that you you did use on a lot of your
0: videos. (laughs) So the answer to the first question is definitely yes. Um, I've actually thought about it for the the last little while. I pretty much stopped just trying to juggle, you know, a, a full time career and trying to do that at the same time. Didn't really work. Uh, but I definitely have thought about it now that things are kind of getting a bit more flexible in terms of, you know, the I guess the result of COVID working and stuff like that. Um from a tripod perspective, I actually, believe it or not, did have a tripod that I was using a lot of the time for a lot of these videos. The problem was it was a phone tripod. So it was actually using the – there was this Nokia adapter that kind of slid around the N8, Um, (laughs) and that was pretty much the the connection that I used for the tripod. The problem was the N8 itself was actually too heavy for my tripod. So the ball-bearing joint or whatever it is would actually slowly, because of the weight – start to shift and start to move. So it never really worked properly. And then I decided to get a proper camera. Um, I bought a Canon EOS, I think it was like a 6D or something like that back in the day. Um, And again, the tripod I had was too small. The camera itself was too heavy. um, And I ended up never actually investing in, I guess, a full-size tripod because... Where I was trying to shoot my videos was pretty much too small for um, for a tripod of that size to actually fit. And then by the time I probably got a bit of a bigger space and things like that, I basically just stopped making videos.
2: Well, I can't wait to see some new ones, mate. Uh, that Actually, I reckon they'd be fantastic because I did. I actually genuinely love watching your videos. They were extremely informative. You're, you have all these little smaller videos uh, with some different features on on different phones, I, I love them. I oh, fantastic.
0: Thank you. I I just don't know if I can use the same intro anymore. I don't think it's very gender inclusive. I used to used to start the video every time with "Hey guys, Michael here." <laughs> no, how?
2: Good so is I that? think
0: I I think I just have to say "Hi, hi, people." <laughs> or they or
1: whatever they or him, or yeah. whatever whatever they are. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Um, on to me. So, do you still keep in touch with any of the old uh, My Nokia blog Unleash the Phones gang or any other, you know, Nokia
0: employees or fellow bloggers? Yeah, so, um, as I mentioned before, Simran, um, I still talk to to him quite frequently. Um, From, I guess, Unleash the Phones perspective, we still have a WhatsApp chat that we've had for years. Um, So, it's obviously between myself, CJ um, Artif, Yash, um, Shibesh, Rashil, uh, even, even Scott. Um, so there's, there's a, um, oh, and, and, um, Deepak as well. So there's, there's quite a number of us that still every now and then, you know, um, send a couple of messages. It might be something such as I think the other week, um, Artif bought a drone. So he was kind of sharing some, some photos and some, some stuff around that, or if it's, holidays like christmas or Eid or whatever it is like we're we're still quite engaged with each other and sending celebration messages here and there which is quite nice um cj i probably speak to a little bit more so um so i don't know if obviously everyone's across this but clinton's also moved into doing some sneaker reviews so now that i um work for adidas which disclaimer all views here are my own and not representative of the company blah 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 um (laughs) Because he's, yeah, no, because he's a bit of a sneakerhead as well. <coughs> Excuse me. I um, I engage with him a little bit in terms of some of the content and it's interesting to see his thoughts on some of the products that, that we launch. So him and I still keep in contact a fair bit. As for um, Jay or Ali, probably don't talk to them as much as I, I would like to. Um, it's definitely been a, a couple of years now, obviously through social media, you know, I might, Engage with them through LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram, whatever it might be. But um, yeah, probably less so um, for those two, as I said, than, than I would like. You know, there's there's the the regular people like Dean It's always always around. Love seeing his uh, his weekly pizza posts on Instagram. The, the pepperoni is always a, a a great hit. Um, Tommy from the, the UK one? was when was it yesterday today.
2: No, uh Dean's latest one said he does, he um if anyone has a COVID jab, he has he puts this uh, Oh yeah yeah yeah, I've seen that. I
0: oh, love it, oh, it's fantastic. Um another one, Tommy, Gadgets Boy. Yep. Uh, Talked to him last week. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, always popping up on on Instagram and, and stuff like that, having chats with him every now and then. Um who else? Probably the, the one that I do speak to the most though is Mr. Everything N9, so Ari Mark. Um, he's someone that I'm, am really, really close to. Um, have you know when I've been in San Diego, visited, visited him, and, and had conversations with him. Really, really intelligent, intelligent man. Um, and we still, yeah, as I said, very, very close. Talk pretty much weekly. Um, but yeah, obviously then yourselves the and stuff like that. And yeah, just the I guess the wider, the wider Twitter community. So there's, there's been readers and followers through the years that still engage with, um, you know, the likes of Stephen Quinn, um, et cetera, that they're not going anywhere. I think they they've, they've been around the, 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 game that long and they've been pretty, pretty influential in what I did through, through that whole period and, and stuff like that. And people that I obviously consider friends. So I think Stephen is probably a, a good example or, or Andy that when I spent some time in the UK, um we all kind of caught up and stayed together and had a bit of a a, a weekend event of it and things like that, that, yeah, for, for sure, still keep in touch with them and, and yeah, definitely consider them lifelong friends, which I think for me is one of the, one of the things I loved the most about Nokia, you know, every company has a slogan that you kind of just go, oh yeah, that's a bit wanky, whatever it is, but Nokia is of connecting people. It really went Further than I guess the literal sense between you know connecting two people through telecommunications, it actually connected people. So I think that that for me is something that is probably underestimated and understated by by a lot of people. Nokia, you know, uh, to I guess to to quote an Adidas perspective, you know, our slogan a lot of the time um, in, in terms of a corporate slogan has been through sport we have the power to change lives. I don't think Nokia realised that just through phones really they did change lives whether it was connecting people in the literal sense family members across the globe or even i guess as you know the three of us and the wider community connecting people that had a shared passion and a shared interest for what they were doing whether it was their services or the actual technology innovations it it genuinely brought people together and i think that's something that Probably not a lot of people um, appreciate and definitely something that it's probably hasn't been celebrated enough.
2: I love I love your answers, mate they, they, They're so articulate uh, you, you speak well. Uh, I agree and uh, can I tell you I'm actually a little bit jealous because I remember that time that you did go to England and uh, I think you had some beers with the, like Steve Litchfield and uh, Stephen Quinn and Andy and I think they were talking about your white shirt or something like that from memory.
0: Probably sounds like them.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm totally. So I've always wanted to meet those guys. You know, like um, yeah, as you say, interact through Twitter or social media. But uh, to actually meet a lot of these people, like you know, Adrian stayed at my place a couple of years ago. That, that was a massive highlight. Uh, Victor from Malaysia, he um, met up with him when he came down to Melbourne a couple of years ago. Uh, I used to have a Windows Phone Club with Lars Clint that we used to meet up every every month in the city. Uh, it was it was awesome, awesome times.
1: That's for sure. And just uh, you know, just like you're saying, like Litchfield and the rest of the game, and just you know, ro- like royalty. But just the the camaraderie and you know the mateship, just meeting all these uh, fellow Nokia Nokia fans and people that are working the Nokia game is just awesome. So, yeah, thank you for those. Uh, you can you can sense the passion in your answers, yeah, Michael. Definitely, it's, it's definitely, definitely uh, phenomenal. So, all right, well.
2: This leads on to my next question because I want to
1: hear the passion here because I reckon this will be this will be a, a half
2: an hour answer. I reckon, Adrian, what what do you think?
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: all right. could be. So, all right. So, tell us about your dev time with Memo on the N nine hundred and me go on the N N9, nine or N nine fifty in your case as well. Oh, cool. um,
0: so yeah, good question. Um, I'll give you the short answer there? and say it was <laughs> it was lots of fun. Um. Yeah, for, for me, it was really just, as I said before, I was studying software and wanting to do software engineering at, at university. So for me, it was just tinkering around and, and playing with things. And then obviously, you know, joining the uh, the talk.memo.org forums and, and start engaging with some like-minded people on there. Um, a couple of ideas kind of get thrown around and you start to realize, hey, people actually like what you're you're thinking about doing so I remember <coughs> sorry about that um I remember one of the things was a lack of emojis on the N9 so I worked with um Bojan or at Nobti Vika on uh, on Twitter to basically create a emoji keyboard for for the N9 the downside was that the system didn't actually accept emojis coming in through messages. So if you had sent someone an emoji as a text, basically the system just rejected it. So it was it was great to be able to actually kind of blend the fact that hey iPhone users think that they're light years ahead of the game because they've got emojis. We can do that. Um, So it was something for me that I, I found quite interesting to just be able to almost give something back in a way that some of the users felt that they were lacking or that made the device, I guess, a, a second rate device and the engagement just between the, the community on different ideas. So, you know, there were things like the inception, um, inception scripts that gave you um, more access so you could change things. So I know one of the things that I, I then did was I liked the battery percentage from, from the iPhones. So just do it. And I think that was something that the, the dev community really got behind with these devices, was you just did what you wanted to do because the devices really allowed you to do that. You had the freedom to personalize it and make it your own, not just add some more papers and change some icons, but really enhance the system to to be personal.
1: That's it. It's awesome. Oh, I think we've what, what's opening.
0: I think we've lost him for a little bit. <laughs> yeah,
2: towards the end there. You still there, Michael?
0: Yeah. Sorry, I was choking. Oh, okay. Just having some water.
2: Oh, sorry, mate. Well, sorry, mate. water or wine?
0: No, definitely would. Jack
2: Daniels. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no, no more Jack Daniels. And, uh,
2: Nightcap.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're at the uh, end point now, at the tail end. Last question, Michael, mate. So here we go. Uh, top five Nokia devices of all time. Do oh, so they have to be the same ones I submitted a while ago, or can they change? They <laughs> <laughs> so can change. It's uh, today's date, it's the 4th of June, so they're current at this time. Uh, tough
0: one. Um, I guess no real order um, outside of my absolute favourite of all time being the N9. Yes. Yeah, Justin's a happy
1: man. We've had a few people on to say that the N9's their, one of their favourites or near
0: the top of the list. Oh, you know, you've made Justin very happy. It's
2: just the interface, and With the, the build and the, the look and everything else. It's awesome.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, for, for me, it's just the perfect blend of, yep. I guess, software and device um, outside of that, the 6600, as I mentioned, more from a nostalgia perspective. So just growing up with that device in the family and my uncle and, and what he did with it is just something that will always kind of stick with me. Um, what else? I think the, the, you know, the N8 just being light years ahead in terms of the camera tech at the time. Obviously, then, you know, the likes of the 808 that came through, that was light years ahead again. But I think the N8, for what it was, really was defining of a product, if that makes sense. And obviously, I'm I'm not biased here towards towards N-series devices at all either, but the N900 is definitely in there as well from a, a form factor perspective. Blending touchscreen with the keyboard and having a Linux-based operating system, it felt like the future. You know, it was literally a computer in the palm of your hand. And when it came out, it was surrounded by the likes of, I guess, PDAs and Windows mobile devices, so not Windows phone, that felt clunky and you were just like, what is this? Whereas the N900 felt futuristic, which I thought was at the time, again, Quite, quite a defining product. Um, and Is that three devices now that I've listed? Or four? that's three,
2: six hundred. Yep, three. Yep.
0: Cool. Um, other two. What have I got? The other two.
2: Hey, put them on the spot, Adrian.
0: I know. I well, heard. if I say the thirty-three ten, because of the amount of memes that it's made throughout the years, <laughs> um, and it's just, it's just iconic Nokia. I think if anyone says what's the first Nokia phone you can name, everyone's going to say thirty-three ten with snake. Um, so, let that one gets an onward mention in the, the top five.
1: And the fifth one for me. Name Illumia. <laughs> well, you don't have to, but yeah. No, I could.
0: Um, yeah, this is a tough one. 1020. <laughs> nah, not the 1020 for me. No. Nah. Nah. I, I, I don't know. I never really got into the 1020, to be honest. Okay. Um, I think... It might actually be the 925. Oh, very nice. Very nice choice there. Um, I just, I think for me it was, yeah, it was just a a form factor combination. Um, Just, yeah, really, really enjoyed it. Um, A couple of the accessories that came with it made it really fun. You know, they had the whole Superman collection with the, the wireless charging plates and the fat boy. And yeah, it was just, it was just really, really, really fun device. Um, traveled europe with it I remember doing a whole um a whole series of photography shots and things like that on my nokia blog where basically i that's the only device i use for the entire four weeks traveling through europe so it um yeah probably just holds a special place there as well given the fact that i relied on it for for such a period of time while extensively traveling
2: i've got to get my hands on one i've, I've never had the 925 but i have always liked them and i know the accessories you know the clip on Things that you're talking about, uh, they were
1: they were nice. Certain so you've got the um, you've got the Fat Boy Superman charger, no, don't I,
2: you? I have got the Fat Boy, but you
0: never had the product for it. Interesting. Mm.
2: Thanks to Nokia Australia sending that out to me, that was nice of them. It was nice. It's awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we've uh, reached the uh, end of the questions, mate. You've done well and uh, survived a bit of an. Tough question there close. in the middle. It was close. So. <laughs> it was touch and go.
2: <laughs> Thanks for coming on, Michael. Uh, look, it has been – I, I say this every week, but it has been a genuine pleasure uh, you coming on and uh, I have loved your answers. Um, fantastic. You, you, you are highly articulate, uh, highly intelligent man and uh, I wish you all the best with uh, your engagement and uh, your impending marriage. Thank
0: you.
1: Same here, here. Um... Have, you set, have you set a date? No,
0: nah, no, not yet, not yet. But um, clearly the, the 50 bucks I gave you before the show was definitely paid off with all those compliments.
2: <laughs> 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 but yeah. all very true, mate, seriously. It is. I've actually really enjoyed tonight's episode.
0: Thank you. Appreciate it. I appreciate the, the two of you taking the time to, to get me on board and hopefully maybe down the track I can I can jump in for for something else that's maybe a little bit less pointy.
2: Yeah, that's, that we always want people to come back on, dirt. so uh, that'd be fantastic.
1: Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. So, before we let you go, where can the listeners find you on your socials?
0: Um, basically, anywhere and everywhere. Um, just username for pretty much everything is M Faro Tosino. So, M obviously, F A R O. T-U-S-I-N-O, so pretty much it's the same for Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, LinkedIn, WeChat, Kakao Talk, uh, Line, whatever you've got. I've probably got it too, and my name is pretty much consistent on every platform I have. He's showing off there. There's a bit too of many No, nah, I actually don't either. have all of those. <laughs> so I just started saying it. <laughs> ICQ, uh, yeah. Now ICQ is something different. I think it's uh, Pretty Boy Seventy One. Oh, okay then. Again, kidding. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I hope that accounts inactive now, but uh, <laughs> OnlyFans. OnlyFans content.
0: No, def- definitely <laughs> not.
1: <laughs> Jeez. And I was just saying uh, before you go, I think this is this the uh, first podcast you've ever been on. I just have to ask.
0: Uh. Technically I'd say yes.
1: Yes, we uh, popped it. We popped it to
2: Virgin cherry, yes.
1: Because <laughs> I thought so and I did some gurgling. Uh, Michael Michael to seen her podcast appearances and nothing came up. So I thought,
0: hmm, yeah. Yeah, so it depends on if you want to count unleash TV as podcasting or not, but it was technically live YouTube recording, so uh, slightly different.
1: Uh, yes. It's a lot
0: different in my book, mate. We have popped his cherry, Adrian.
1: I know. (laughs) Give ourselves a pat (laughs) on the back. (laughs) Take what you can get. (laughs) I will.
2: Don't worry. I'll (laughs) worry. All
1: right. Let's uh, wrap things up, mate. And, um, yeah, thanks again for coming on.
2: Thank you, Michael.
1: Thank you. And, uh, yeah, join us again next week to all the listeners. Everyone knows where to find us if you uh, really want to hang out and talk to us on Twitter. At Adrian G Hughes and at Iver Biggin seventy one. So yeah, have a good week, everyone, and uh, we'll see you then next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye.